Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 326, Feb 19, 2020. This is the last day. They had a nice run in 2017. Three days in a row. The high, to, uh, the high on this day in 2017 was 59 degrees. Oh, wow. 20 below on two occasions, 1929 and 1941. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Was it... Uh... Not this past Super Bowl. Was it a Super Bowl or two ago where there was a wonderful ad that used the old Paul Harvey, So God Made a Farmer? Was it a truck ad? I believe it was the year the Super Bowl was here. It was about pickup trucks. It was wasn't a ram. It? it was a ram truck. So God commercial. made, and he had the burly ad. hands, yes. and, went, and so God made a farmer. <laughs> well, Jordy has taken it upon himself to uh, to revise that. So God made a Bloomberg, as in. Uh, What's his name? Michael. Michael, Michael Bloomberg, yep. who will be in the debates tonight in Las Vegas. And the news just keeps pouring out about this guy. 2013 was that oh, commercial. 2013, yep. wow. Isn't that something? That's a long time. That's, that's seven years ago. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe you remembered it was for a Dodge. And Ram. That was pretty yeah. good. The it was a great it, commercial. It, it, it instantly made me think of my grandpa. That's I oh. loved that spot so much. Right. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a tiny, soulless technocrat to tell everyone else how to live their lives. So God made a Bloomberg. God said, I need a know-it-all Wall Street banker who made more money by getting fired than most men will make their entire lives working an honest job. So God made a Bloomberg. I need somebody with hands strong enough to carry a stool and a booster seat wherever he goes, but gentle enough to sign those voter registration papers as a Democrat, then a Republican, then an Independent, (laughs) and then a Democrat again. Democrat again. Someone who would tell a female employee to kill her own baby so she could work longer hours. A grieving family that's a waste to give medical care to old people. Or a farmer that growing food is easy and any idiot with half a brain could manage it. Someone who could tell a mother that parenting was as simple as hiring some black who doesn't even have to speak English to raise her kid. So God made a Bloomberg. God said, I need somebody willing to randomly accost black men for no good reason other than having the wrong skin color. I need somebody who will say that the best way to reduce crime is to target black kids and throw them up against the walls and frisk them for the crime of being black. Someone who will brag that one side effect of putting all the cops in the minority neighborhoods is that you end up arresting kids for marijuana that are all minorities. So God made a Bloomberg. I need somebody willing to tell those awful posers that they need to be disproportionately taxed for their own good because they're too stupid to know what's good for them. Somebody who will ban the sale of 32-ounce fountain drinks, but not the sale of two 16-ounce sodas, because everyone knows sugary syrup from a single cup is far worse for you than sugary syrup from two smaller cups. Plus, it's not like fatty Bomblatty over there has the self-control to put down the big gulp himself. (laughs) So God made a Bloomberg. God had to have somebody willing to forcibly remove black guns from black hands because they just don't have any long-term focus or anything. Somebody who thought the best way to reduce crime was to take the description of male minority, 16 to 25, and Xerox it and pass it out to all the cops. 
So God made a Bloomberg. God said, I need somebody with no charm, no charisma, no compelling reason to ever serve in government, to nonetheless buy his way onto the ballot, then buy his way into the mayor's office, then buy off the city council to eliminate the two-term limit on my oral service, and then I need him to spend nine figures buying his way into the Democrat primary because there would be nothing more hilarious than watching a broken-down old socialist get robbed again by yet another big <laughs> New York crony who is the life-size poster child for everything that's wrong with modern capitalism. So God... Made of Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Hello, <laughs> Americans. This is Paul Harvey. Stand. Yeah, that was the day. God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. God said I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt. Perfect. The most brilliant Super Bowl ad ever. Wow. It really it's was so a good, good one, wasn't it? So that good. Volkswagen with the kids up there, too. That one's good, <laughs> but that one just struck a chord with yeah, me big time. That hits the heart. Uh, and now I'm going to watch the rest of it in queue. Nope. <laughs> when Michael Bloomberg takes the 2020 debate stage for the first time tonight, allegations of sexist and misogynistic behavior will loom over the former New York City mayor. They include claims from the 1990s that prior to a male colleague's wedding, Bloomberg told a group of female employees to line up, and then I, I'm, it's worse than what Trump's alleged to have been, has said. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to read it. No. Uh, I, I can't read what he's alleged to have said. <coughs> I, I won't. I mean, I can. When, I, I, when I read that, I, I know I thought, how to read. How I, could he not have figured I, that this was going to come out? No, you're not going to see it either. Well, I want to see if I can talk my way around it. No, I don't think so. Joe, do you know what it's I'm saying? Direct. What? He had to have known when he decided to run for president that this stuff was going to surface. Mm-hmm. That was the first thought that occurred to me. He's got a lot of baggage, man, doesn't he? Holy smokes. Or is his ego just that large that he did, He think, he thinks that he's above that? I have no idea, but, you know, it, this is Trumpian in nature. Oh, what yeah. he's been saying about about women is very Trump-like. Yeah, it's a m- very misogynistic. Yes, and, very uh, much, very much. Just, but he, uh, he's earned really, his way or bought his way. Onto the uh, debate stage tonight in Vegas. Uh, what's the latest? Uh, he's referring to transgender people as it and some guy wearing a dress. Well, okay, all right. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. And this is Bloomberg, right? The remarks in question was made at a March 19 <laughs> forum hosted by the Bermuda Business Development Agency in which he criticized Democrats' focus on social issues like transgenderism as an election strategy. If your conversation during a presidential election is about some guy wearing a dress and whether he, she, or it can go to the locker room with their daughter, that's not a winning formula for most people, Bloomberg said in a video first reported by BuzzFeed News. People care about health care, education, safety, and all those kinds of things. But, you know, in some sense he's right. In some sense he's right that, that you know, transgenderism does get a disproportionate yes. amount of empathy from progressives and mysterious, yes. uh, given the uh, the population percentage, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I won't continue reading this, but but boy, oh boy, uh, his his opponents have a lot of fodder if they want to go after this guy. Uh, former CNN host Riza Aslan wrote, "I am literally salivating over the prospect of watching this worm get pounded on the debate stage," meaning Bloomberg tonight in Vegas. I don't know who she is. Uh, 
he's in trouble. He's in trouble with uh, his own people uh, because they they can't abide by this. This is what they represent. They, this this is what they fight against are his kinds of comments. Reese is a, a male, by the way. Reese Aslan. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'll, I got yeah, You know what? Close enough. I Close do. Enough. I do love though the stance that Bernie and Warren are taking about how we have to fight against this wealth and greed. Shut up, both yeah, of you. Yeah. Is, is Bloomberg so blind that he actually thinks he can win, knowing what he has said and done? Apparently, apparently. So as you're reading that, I'm thinking, well, what's his motivation then? He he's got to know he doesn't have a chance in winning, especially the Democratic nomination. If if this is how he's behaved, and and it occurred to me, big light bulb went off, and it quickly was extinguished. I thought. He's going to write this off. He's going to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars, lose the election, write it off. So I looked that up on Google. You cannot. I, I don't think you can. You cannot deduct no. expenses um, uh, running for president or, or any of that. You can't count that as oh, a loss really? in your taxes. Maybe it's a, a New Yorker who wants to get back at Trump. Yeah, it's got to be the only explanation. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's a weird personal vendetta. But has he upset the? The apple cart with the the Democrats across the country. Of course, Warren and Bernie are going to go, you can't do this. But the regular Democrat. Oh, they're not going to allow this. You, no. Did you see what he said that Such yes. wouldn't read? Yeah. You, you can't say that. You can't say that no. and expect well, to win. Rook, I know what you're thinking, right? Yeah. What did Trump say that was out before the election? And he it's won. The same, it's yeah. the same type yeah. of thing. Yeah, uh, I said his, Trump, his, his comments about women are very Trumpian. I don't know his marriage history. And actually, we had Trump saying Look it Look up tape. how many times he's been married. Maybe he's only been married you know, once. You really should just say it. I mean, we're no, not, I'm not going we're to. not under FCC restrictions. No, no I know, I know. But just imagine it was it was profane and misogynistic. And, and you can look it up. And belittling really and unbecoming. Can I, and, I, I, I want to make, I want to try to work around it. Can I just work around it? He said, as <laughs> oh, a girl, this is an allege, by the way, for a birthday present, the women should line up. No, for a wedding present. Or, yeah, for a wedding present. I'm sorry. Well, the women in the office should line up and give me a. No, not him. A different guy. The guy that was getting married. The guy who worked there, right? No. No? See, that Andy, this is why it should have been dropped. He has been. <laughs> I just don't think you can allude to it and then not say it. I, I think they, it's uh, they, uh, I think it's important to say. I just want to read. Did it rhyme with pumpkin? <laughs> Sexist and misogynistic behavior, uh, including claims from the 1990s that prior to a male colleague's wedding, yeah. Bloomberg told a group of female employees to line up to give him uh, Something. Uh, meaning the colleague, right? Meaning the colleague, yeah. uh, give him some of your best personal attention <laughs> okay. as a wedding present. Not that it matters if it's him or the colleague. It's still something you shouldn't say to anybody. <laughs> that he would regularly direct comments like, look at that nice piece of ass at women in the office. And that upon learning that a female employee was expecting a baby, he responded, kill it. He denies that, by the way. Okay. He denies that. He has been married uh, once to Susan Brown Meyer from 75. They divorced in 93. And Diana Taylor is listed as his domestic partner of 2000 to present. Well, mm. uh, is so he intriguing enough that the old mayor has to dedicate tonight to watching this debate? <laughs> I think so. I think you're going to get... Why I, don't you watch it and tape it for me? I, I will tape it. Uh, v- beta or VHS? Uh, I'm gonna bring uh, in a cassette. Do we even tape things anymore? <laughs> no, it's, and that's uh, the bummer. You can't tape something and bring it into the office right, anymore. Correct. Like that's, used to, and it's yeah, gonna be a circus because remember every other debate prior to that that I've watched. It's 
we need to beat Trump, we need to beat Trump. So their other energy is going to be on Bloomberg tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, isn't that amazing? It's, uh, it's The switch is just... They remain in disarray, don't they? Well, So who's on the stage tonight? Mayor Pete. Yep. Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. Uncle Joe. Sanders. Warren. Warren. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. And Mikey. And Bloomberg. Yep. Mini Mike, as the president calls him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny. <laughs> uh, Bloomberg, by the way, is not on the Nevada, the Nevada ballot, but he is qualified for the Nevada debate. Hmm. I don't know how that works. Well, he's I, these fools have been to... running for two years, he's and a... I don't have any time he's... for that. In the 96 interview with The Guardian, I, uh, did you hear what Bloomberg said? I like theater, dining, and chasing women. Let me put it this way. I'm a single straight billionaire in Manhattan. What do you think? It's a wet dream. That's very much like Trump. Very much That's uh, almost... echoing Trump's early life in Manhattan when he had the audacity to say, when confronted about his remarks about McCain, he said, do you realize what it was like fighting the war on uh, sexually transmitted diseases? I had to always be careful of that. Hey, hey, hey. That's how he, he uh, wow. made that an analogy. Okay. But in other words, these are two rich guys who really have gotten their way. And uh, now these somehow... <laughs> Trump survives the comments, <laughs> and Bloomberg's under attack from his own wing. Wow, this world, Locus, this is the end. This is the end. Well, we are. You could hear the fifth trumpet tonight. Okay. Could hear the fifth trumpet. <laughs> right. Is that another Bloomberg reference? No, 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 that's not a Bloomberg. I'm over here. <laughs> so Yang is not in the field tonight. No, he dropped out. He dropped out. He last, dropped out. last week. That's yep. right. Yep. There were people dropping out that I didn't know were running. I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, it. in 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 uh, in dedication to my role as the mayor of Garage Logic, seat of Gumption County, mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll have to tune into this baby. I didn't know he named it Trumpet. Oh yeah, yep. it's the fifth trumpet. He's uh, enjoying the fifth trumpet right now. He can't come trumpet. to. He'll be back later. Say, yesterday you all had a bit of sport with me because apparently I repeated myself and told you that. Uh, I set off for the bank oh, yeah. and uh, realized traffic was so problematic, I turned around and went home. We make it yesterday? Pardon? Yeah. Post-show? Post-show, we, we got her done. Right, uh, but uh, And I've received many comments about what kind of moron are you that you still go to a bank? Oh, jeez. Tom Wilson writes, I can't remember the last time I walked into a bank. I get all my cash out of machines and deposit checks by taking pictures of them with my phone. No need to sit in traffic. Give it a try. Oh, my own kids do that. I uh, just look at this. Hit a button. I just paid a bill. And just paid state. a bill. Bam. Now, what you people are misunderstanding about your old mayor is, I like to do that kind of thing. Yep. He it doesn't to... bother me to go to the bank. It's a part of my American ritual. He wants to tell them what he's planning on doing this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I do as much online I'm baking. aware that this can all be done with a little plastic card <laughs> and a phone and all of your goofy technology. Yes. I'm aware of that. I just don't want any part of it. You like to buy stamps, too. Apps, and I got some beauties. Unfrozen caveman lawyer. Your world some. of technology frightens me. I got some good stuff. It's become in the Hyde household. We've uh, taken one of your sayings. Yeah. Whenever we start talking here about this sort of thing, you go, oh, I can't do that. That's voodoo. Yeah. That's now become <laughs> yeah. a saying in the Hyde I house. like to play office. My, I'll say. My, I have envelopes. Yeah, I have stamps. stamps paper clips. <laughs> I've got the return clips. address mm-hmm. labels. He's I've, got a phone. Yeah. Do you yeah. have a desk? Nice little desk where you do oh, everything. Yes. 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 A special drawer. I got drawers. 
My favorite so. is when you're on the road and you uh, you like to pay cash for your gas, and you'll go into the store two or three times in order to complete the transaction because yeah. you got to prepay. You got to prepay. You go back. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, you crack me up. I, do, I just don't like it. so uh, funny. So in any event, uh, uh, you can all have your concern for me, and I appreciate that. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very comfortable uh, going to the bank and uh, being asked what my plans are for the weekend. Say, so guess who's uh, back? Um, EcoFund. My boyfriend. Oh, back. yeah. Eco. Well, well, let me tell you something. Joe, I went to EcoFund Motorsports and bought my new Bentelli Fusion electric bike. Tim was great. That's Tim Bloom. He and his daughter helped me with the purchase. I was going to buy the orange and black Fusion, but the camo one caught my eye. What a great bike. It was nice as it was a high-gloss finish as opposed to the matte finish in the orange and black one I planned to buy. Tim told me you were going to buy a Fusion. I didn't know that, (laughs) but I might Mm. if I can keep it to myself this time. They are awesome. Uh, I love the podcast, and I'm glad you're still around. Without you, I wouldn't have not. I would not have known about EcoFund. This is Frank uh, Wazmek in Circle Pines, Minnesota. And then I got a note from Dan Johnson in Phoenix, who bought a because he was hearing about uh, EcoFund and electric bikes on this show. He looked into them and said, I wish they had an EcoFund in Phoenix because he ended up buying one out there. He can't keep the smile off his face. He's uh, he's riding his fat, tired bike all over the place, and uh, he loves it. Uh, my biggest mistake, he said, was putting my wife on it. She doesn't need the exercise but loves it. The only fat on her is in all the right places if you capture my drift. Sure. Anyway, now we're in the hunt for bike number two. Mm. And, again, I wish there was an EcoFund Motorsports in Phoenix. We're talking about EcoFund Motorsports right here in Minnesota in downtown Forest Lake. And here's the message. Right now, EcoFund is having a year-end clearance sale now through Saturday, Feb 29 on all Bintelli e-bikes. The lowest prices of the year on all Bintelli e-bikes. What a great time to get to EcoFund, get the uh, great sale deal on a Bintelli e-bike, and you'll be ready for spring. We don't know what that means. We could be ready for spring in another two weeks. We don't know. With global warming, we should be have spring already. Mm-hmm. But you can get to EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake and uh, right now through Feb 29. Ten days. The lowest prices of the year on all Bentelli e-bikes at EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. the end of the world as we know it, and he now feels fine. Joe Sucherin. <laughs> the more I think about this debate, debate tonight, the more amused I'm becoming. Yeah. They can't turn it into a hate Trump debate. It's got to be tonight. they got to hate Bloomberg. This is, this this is, is going to be weird. What are they going to do if they end up the two nominees? Are they, which, uh, <laughs> There's got to be Democrats who are going to be extremely well, divided on everything. Is he any good? Is he savvy? Can because because Trump can he can talk? Can Bloomberg? Oh, I think so. Well, he was the mayor of New York. Yeah. You would think so. Yeah, I think he. So can, it might be fun. Oh, it might be. I, I have to tune in and see what this turns a, into. You know, you guys remember the Staples, the office supply company that had the easy button? Yeah. Yes. It would turn yes. whatever to make half. Can we do that? Can we just get to November third? 
and it makes this all go away. Yes. And it's only been happening for, we, you run for president now in this country pretty much Full time. all the time. Yes. Yeah, all the time. Uh, explain the role of the Reverend Tim Christopher to me in the Minneapolis 5th Congressional District. Kenny, you want to take a stab at it since it's your district? What do you mean? I don't know what what what, what are you talking. The Reverend about? Tim well, is going to join us today at one. Yes, I'm no. I'm just establishing his uh, his bona fides. He is an active community member, a pastor. He is the uh, Reverend at uh, Bonet Missionary Baptist Church. Yes, in North Minneapolis. He sent out a tweet this morning that so intrigued us. We asked him to come on the air. Mm-hmm. He's been asked to uh, speak to a group of young uh, potential criminals. Uh, in the Somali community. That's in the Cedar, Cedar Riverside, Riverside area. Yes. And w- what intrigued us is he said, uh, his tagline was something to the effect, this is what Ilhan should be doing, but I'll do it. Yeah, I- I'll pull up the exact tweet for reference. Well, it here. turns out, at the same time, he's going to take it upon himself to make himself available to speak to these young people. Ilhan's in town. Oh, she is. She, she was... Uh, uh, she held a community conversation at the University of Minnesota's yester- University of Minnesota yesterday to talk about her pathway to peace. Now you might ask yourself, pathway to peace in in Minneapolis? Right. What does that oh, mean? No, I would she hope means so. she means globally. Oh. Her plan involves seven pieces of legislation, including the call for approval of sanctions, the end of arms sales to human rights violators, and policies aimed at protecting and promoting rights of children. It is a global crisis that we have to come together in order to find a global solution, Omar said. The plan would also make any military action a last resort of, of anything, but... We didn't get much information on this, but my my uh, my point being that it's ironic that the Reverend Tim has been asked to speak to a group. Read the tweet. Uh, I'm over in Cedar Riverside, been asked to speak to a group of young people on the violence. In other words, I'm doing your job, Omar. Right. And she's probably no longer even here. This was yesterday. Yeah. She comes in and does her pathway to peace, which is a global initiative requiring seven pieces of legislation. In the meantime, Rome is burning. Yes. And, uh, and but uh, he's coming on with us at one o'clock today. Yeah, and the Reverend tweeted that about four hours ago, which so makes no sense to say on a podcast that someone's coming on at one o'clock. What do you listeners care what time it is? <laughs> he's coming up soon on the podcast. There you have there it. You go. I, I just like him because he says what's on his mind. Consequences be damned. Mm-hmm. He'll yes. address it to whatever party needs it that's, addressed. That's to. what I like. It's not a straight line. And like most people. And if we're going on and on about something, he'll he'll come up and get in our face yep. and tell us where we're wrong and that's what i love and not to mention he puts his money where his mouth is he shows up he he's very active in that regard uh well he he no doubt is aware of this as we all are since feb 12 in saint paul there have been 12 stolen cars four aggravated robberies and assaults and the suspects in all these cases are between the ages of 12 and 16. 12. We're down to 12. Wow. St. Paul police wow. told Five Eyewitness News the aggravated robberies all took place within three hours of one another Monday between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. in the 900 block of University Avenue. In uh, one of those attacks, police said three young men in a stolen car jumped a 70-year-old man. In another one of those morning attacks, three young men in masks attacked a 56-year-old man, beating him with a baton requiring stitches and staples in his head. 
The man whose identity we are protecting and using the name Tony told KSTP he was jogging on Arlington when someone jumped him from behind and knocked him to the ground. Several other people joined in the beating and stole the victim's cell phone. This is on top of broad daylight over the weekend when a guy had got pummeled and then the carjackers, as many as seven, drove away with that guy's two kids in the car. Uh, I could not believe what was happening, that they were teenagers, said Tony. They beat me and put stitches in my head and took off with my cell phone. And I want the public to be warned. And it is frustrating to not feel safe in your neighborhood. Sources told KSTP that most of the stolen cars within the past week involved two 12-year-old boys and a 14-year-old boy who've not yet been caught. Tony said he thought the attackers were in their teens, but they wore ski masks and were hard to identify, and sources said the young men in all four Monday morning assaults were driving stolen vehicles. (laughs) It's just hard to imagine that young kids could actually be doing this to people, said Tony. I hope and pray for these kids and wish they would get some help. St. Paul police said no arrests have been made in either the spree of stolen vehicles or the aggravated robberies. This, it's, so the beating, it's falling apart in front of your very eyes, The people. beating part, Joe, has got to be just part of the high or the adrenaline rush because if any of us were jogging and all we had on us was a cell phone and a bunch of guys surrounded us Here. and said, uh, hey, give me your phone, I'd give them my phone. There you go. And yeah. that would be the end of it. Yeah, right. but I'm guessing he, and I'm, I don't want to speak, I guess he, he resisted. Yeah. And made, made Doesn't a, sound like he resisted. He got jumped from behind. Yeah, it sounds like he just got his he ass just got beat for no reason. Yeah. Instead of saying, give me your phone, they jumped him. But both of these damn mayors need to stop saying how the likes of us are making it sound worse than it actually is. That crap needs to stop coming out well, of their the, mouths. The well, mayors are turning just, crime into a partisan issue. That's what I'm saying. They're it, making it sound like Republicans are overly concerned about it. What? Guys, it's not just us. Did you read the letters to the editor today? Yes. Yeah. I, yes. I, I mean, the first letter from Steve Kramer, and he, we all know Steve Kramer. Yeah. And he goes on and on and on how about how more cops and law enforcement isn't the answer. You know, so... I think it is. But it's not just more cops. It's the Rudy Giuliani deal where Rudy said in New York to clean it up, go get them. And right now, the, the officers... On both sides of the river, they are handcuffed. They are not allowed to go get them. I'm sorry. It wasn't Steve that I was mad about. It was Kara Beckman. <laughs> sorry, oh, I read, Steve. I read her sorry. piece. I read her letter, and I yeah. thought, we, we live among these people. Yeah. She is so deluded right. and so uh, so wrong that that you can't win an argument right. with so her. So I, I misspoke. It's not Steve no, that set Kramer me off. Kramer isn't. He's head of the downtown right, business right. It, group. It's Kara Beckman, South St. Paul, who's yeah. just completely blind to the issue. She's uh, swallowed all of the Kool-Aid that's been offered to her in the salon yep. and said, this yep. is about education. And No, no, Kara, it's about right and wrong and the decline of moral and ethical integrity. And you you, you just couldn't be more wrong in your observations. And if you go, the, the story that John read yesterday about uh, Jakey being in the, the crowd uh, yesterday, or whenever, whenever, whenever that was, go read the comments on there. Who's Jakey? Jacob Fry. Oh, I oh. call him Jakey because he's a pretend <laughs> boy mayor. Yeah. But if you go on that story on the Star Tribune's website and read the comments, you're seeing the likes of what Kenny just read. That These are people that don't think that it's a problem. Well, And there's another, a lot of them out there. No, perception is reality. And if the perception is that Minneapolis and St. Paul are not safe, that's the reality. doesn't make any difference if they're safe or not. If the perception is they're not, then they're not. That's what's going to hurt your downtown businesses. Mm-hmm.
Why don't we come back with John Hyde? Okay. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Here's John Height. Why, uh, Joe, thank you, Joe. We're not trying to make you mad off the air. We were just. But you succeeded. But we, we're I'm not telling you why you're wrong. We're not trying. We're actually trying to help further. All right. Yeah. Here's John Height. Uh, hi, John. We'll quit. <laughs> thank you. Uh, this just in Janet Dubois, one of the stars from the series Good Times, has died. Don't go. Don't go. Come on. Joe, come on. Sit down. Sit down. I didn't even know who she was. Sit down. I'm not mentioning it. I'm not mentioning it. She was, she was 74. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, something I saw online this morning. I have to uh, admit, that was pretty smart ass good a height. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Did you see me rushing? <laughs> Typing away John trying to find one. it. <laughs> I, I pledge to you, I will not bring up celebrity birthdays today. Well, you better not. Not because today. You're I almost use a strong word. Right. I almost went down the hill there. I will not do that to you today. Uh, I, I will not make that promise. This happened last week. I did not see it. It made me feel yeah, really old. Yeah, you better. <laughs> yes, John. It made me feel really old. Uh, Carlos Gomez is retired from baseball. I'll be damned. Go, go, Gomez. Well, he's got to be 30. What, 34. What oh, is 34. the over-under on how many teams? Wait, uh, don't answer. I'm going to say the over-under is at least 10 teams that Hold he on. played for. Mm, I think it was more like six or seven. Really? Yeah. Is that all? Six or seven. Man, he got around. I thought he was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. He'll go down those one of those guys that had every tool in the yeah. toolbox and just couldn't put it all together. He had a couple of good seasons, but that was about it. Uh, in news, a man who led authorities on a chase while pulling a camper last summer was sentenced Tuesday. Remember this story? It was no. uh, right up by my house, up by Egret, Highway 10. 50-year-old John Clarence Hurd was sentenced to three years of supervised probation. The judge sentenced him to 32 days in jail, but gave him credit for already serving 32 days and also sentenced him to one year and one day at the St. Cloud Correctional Facility, but stayed that sentence for three years, which will likely be waived as long as he doesn't violate the probation. Bird was charged with fleeing a peace officer and obstructing the legal process for the incident, which happened in July. Anoka police said it started as a traffic stop near a gas station on East River Road, but shortly after 8 p.m., Hurd took off while he was pulling the camper. Headed east on Highway 10, authorities were chasing him. Eventually deployed stop sticks. This is the reason I remember it. We saw the video where he hit the stop sticks and the camper went sideways. <laughs> like, like Artie Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Authorities uh, deployed the sticks, tipping the camper and ending the pursuit. The obstructing legal process charge against him was later dismissed. Did we ever get the story why? No, there was never any indication why. Just, Although his uh, his mugshot makes him look like perhaps he didn't want to so it was deal just with anybody. Natural instinct on his <laughs> yes, part. I think so. <laughs> Before Local. we get the emails, seven yeah. teams for Gomez. Seventeen? Seven, seven. teams. Oh. Yeah. Local authorities have called in the Minnesota National Guard to help fight that fire at a recycling plant in Becker that we told you about yesterday. According to the Becker Police Department, a passerby reported seeing the fire at the Northern Metals Recycling Plant 2.30 in the morning Tuesday. Police said the fire appeared to have started in a debris pile of crushed up vehicles in the plant's lot. Nobody was hurt in the fire and no structures were damaged. Heavy smoke billowed from the scene for hours, and the Department of Health watched the situation closely. Police advised those living in the area to take precautions and limit their time breathing in the air as officials test air quality. 
St. Cloud's hazmat team and Sherburne County officials have been taking air samples. That certainly negates. Thank you for helping me be faster. Oh yeah, that's this uh, Carlos. Carlos. That certainly negates the uh, recycling, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it certainly does. Uh, I'm hearing that they're calling in fire departments from around the metro yeah, area. Eden Prairie was summoned to go up there yeah. and help. Oh. Hmm. And I, they had they had one of the, the fire Fox Nine had a camera up there. What's burning? Cars are made out of steel. Right. But everything else. Tires got, and upholstery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But how the the fire chief said that the air quality isn't a concern. How could it not be? Well, maybe by now it's not. But at the beginning it must have been. Okay. President Trump citing what he said was advice from friends and business associates. Steel will burn, you know, once it reaches well, a certain... Well, you've got to be pretty damn hot on a, you know, it's dead of winter. I, sh- I should know that number. Let me look it up. Yeah. There is a... Go ahead, John. President Trump granting clemency on Tuesday to a who's who of white-collar criminals from politics, sports, and business who were convicted on charges involving fraud, corruption, and lies, including financier Michael Milken. The president awarded Milken, the so-called junk bond king of the 1980s, as well as the former New York City Police Commissioner Bernard B. Carrick and Edward G. DiBartolo Jr., the former owner of the 49ers. He commuted the sentence of Rod Blagojevich, the former Democratic governor of Illinois. Their political and financial schemes made them household names. Uh, three did receive prison terms. Others had been fined. The president also pardoned David Savian, the top federal procurement official under President George W. Bush. He'd been sentenced in 2009 to a year in prison for lying about his ties to the lobbyist Jack Abramoff and obstructing the sprawling investigation into Abramoff's efforts to win federal business. The president also granting clemency to six other people. Uh, steel um, will melt right around 14, just a little bit under 1,400 uh, Fahrenheit. And uh, steel, or excuse me, iron out of the ground is uh, 1,500, right around 1,500. All, all, I, all, I, all I did was tweet that uh, if you were a pal of Trump, uh, today was one hell of a good day to be in jail. I saw that, yeah. Okay, and that resulted in me getting a lot of uh, pushback from people who said, oh, yeah, really? but what about the guy before him? He really, he, he pardoned a lot of bad guys. You know, okay, uh, okay. It's, one, it's a perk of being president. It's what you get to do, Democrat or Republican. It's like... Trying to keep track of their golf game. I Just think it's B it as in B, S as in you, S. You think maybe there was an ulterior motive here? Uh, yeah. Pardons? Of course mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Of they course might, not. Pardons not a, might be in the future. <clears throat> but John, if you think any of these Democrats are going to pardon Trump, you're crazy. Oh, no. Yeah, I did. But, <laughs> That's not what I was saying. <laughs> like you said, I mean, it's been going on forever, and the sure. list is always varied. Did you read the names? Yeah. Oh, oh, you I, did. I read some of the Rod and, yeah. yeah. Milken. Were you listening? No, I was looking up the temperature. Kenny, that's my job. (laughs) You know what? I noticed, speaking of dum-dums on the staff, you've got a brand new uh, scan bucket sitting on your desk. That was in here last week's scan bucket. You should bring it in and just mount it in here permanently. I think that came the day that Kenny was gone. Monday, maybe. That could have been. I have no idea. Maybe. It came from a a Matura. Yes. Uh, Brian. Yeah. I, I really was trying hard not to make you mad, and I, I see that I've succeeded <laughs> doing the exact opposite. Congratulations, Kenny. I'm, I'm sorry, Joe. Joe I, look, I, he's I really, given up. Joe's given I, up. I really was trying. I'm sorry. <laughs> Attorney General William Barr. Turn, turn this off now. Has told people close to the president, inside and outside the White you House. You want to get replaced by golf carts? <laughs> keep it up. My golf carts? I'm not. Uh, I'm out. Uh, that uh, he's considering quitting over the president's tweets about Justice Department investigations. That, according to three administration officials, 
foreshadowing a possible confrontation between the president and his attorney general over the independence of the Justice Department. Uh, So far, as you've probably noticed, the president has defied Barr's request, both public and private, to keep quiet on matters of federal law enforcement. Uh, The standoff between Trump and Barr intensified Tuesday when Trump declared in a string of early morning tweets he might sue those involved in the special counsel investigation. Hours later, a Justice Department official said prosecutors had filed a sealed motion in court arguing the opposite in the Roger Stone case and that they had Barr's personal approval to do so. president also telling reporters he was, quote, the chief law enforcement officer of the country. Well, well he's not. The attorney general is the chief law enforcement officer of the country. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton on Tuesday reportedly shutting down rumors she might consider serving as Michael Bloomberg's running mate. If he were to win the Democratic presidential nomination, she told the moderator while in Puerto Rico for a Clinton Global Initiative event, oh, no, I'm just waiting and watching as this plays out. I will support whoever the nominee is. Last week, she told Ellen DeGeneres on her show, that's not going to happen. But no. I don't believe anything Hillary says. She, I don't she might them. very well end up being a running mate. I don't believe any of them at this point. Summer fixture. Isn't that a fine how do you do that that's where we are? No. I, I, uh, yeah. I don't believe any of them. Well, and this is February, and we're, we're acting like and the election. And they were election. doing this last February. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. <clears throat> a summer fixture on Lake Minnetonka over the past two decades won't be there this year. The Museum of Lake Minnetonka Board of Directors on Tuesday announced the cancellation of the 2020 sailing season for the steamboat Minnehaha. This saddens me. Is it a lack of interest? I watched this boat get restored, and I was in the flotilla that uh, accompanied it, really? it on its maiden voyage. Cool. Oh, have, yes. you, have you ever been on it? Wow. No, 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 I've never have been on I, it. You know, I was on it in dry dock when guys were working on it. I'll be honest with you. I love this thing, and I, I've seen a lot of, well, I shouldn't say a lot of, I've seen a few other steamboats. I don't have the cojones to get on one well, of those. Because you fear it might blow up. <laughs> yes, I Me do. Too. Me yes, too. Yes, I do, Joe. Yes, I do. The summer would have been the steamboat's 25th anniversary season, but the board said they no longer have access to the only boat launch ramp on the lake that can accommodate the unique requirements of the steamboat. The launch requirements for Minnehaha, given its length, weight, and the fact that it's wood, which requires up to 24 hours to stabilize once launched, make it arguably the most challenging boat on Lake Minnetonka to launch, according to MLM President Jeff Schott. We should do a little GL quiz here, Joe. Um, and you, of course, and, and I have to be exempt from this, but let's ask the fellows, why does it take... 24 hours for this boat to stabilize before they can use it. Fellas, anybody? Anybody? Uh, my, well, I, I don't know, but I would guess it's it's like when you set a refrigerator. You know, you can't turn it on to the Freon sets. Is it something like that? Okay, Matthew. I've got the weight and balance of the structure. Here we go. Uh, needs to settle in mm-hmm. as it as it is held up by copious, copious amounts of water. Joe, uh, John? Well, uh, Kenny, it's a little known fact that when the boat enters the water, I have no earthly idea. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, let the hull swell up. The, the wood has to the swell wood has up. To swell yeah, exactly. up. <laughs> didn't I say that? I'm no. sorry, I did in different terms. But here, John, I don't know if you covered this, because <laughs> uh, there is only one boat ramp on the lake that meets the launch requirements, and that property is being sold, mm-hmm. and the launch site will not be available in 2020 and beyond. Given the prohibitive logistics of modifying another ramp and transporting the boat to it, there are unfortunately no viable options to get the boat in the water this year. What about the Freon? There's nothing. Let's just stay with the the facts here. Um, The scan bucket reavers? It's out in my desk. Because I know we're going to get email because I know how the GLers work. 
you only have to wait if the refrigerator has been laid on its side <laughs> at some point during shipping. When I, laid on its side, the oil in the compressor goes up into the refrigerant lines. If you start the compressor with insufficient oil, it can be damaged. Ooh. I can swear that Tom told me if uh, I want to put my 10-footer in the water, that I should just fill it up with water on land and then pour it out and then take it to the lake. Bad idea. Oh, oh, you think so? Sure, because there's nothing supporting the weight of the water. Oh, right. Well, then, uh, then Tom didn't tell me that. No, no. <laughs> uh, GLers, you can find out more at www.steamboatminihaha.org. Steamboat Minnehaha, so one word. Where's it going to go? It'll stay in storage until they well, can figure out a new ramp. That's no good. Well, of course not, but this summer it's out of service. Well, it'd be nice if we could put it indoors where people could come visit it and look at it, because it is cool. Mm-hmm. A man with a huge tattoo on his forehead that reads, Crime Pays, has found himself locked up again behind bars after leading police <laughs> on a short chase before being arrested. I got a, fi- a photo here. I yep. would say, how's that, how's that tattoo working out for you? <laughs> Jeez. 38-year-old Donald Murray of Terre Haute, Indiana, allegedly led authorities on a short pursuit February 17th, was arrested a short time later and charged with resisting a felony, resisting misdemeanor, reckless driving, possession of methamphetamine, maintaining a common nuisance, and auto theft. All I got is that tattoo. It's <laughs> the second time in just a few months he's been arrested. He first came to notoriety when he was featured on an episode of Live PD late last year when he was chased by authorities for driving without any lights, ca- uh, crashed into a tree, and escaped on foot. Uh, Murray is now being held on $15,000 bond. John, thank you. You bet. It's fantastic. Say, one of the greatest pleasures for me in the car business is just go to the dealership and kick tires and hang out and get to know people. And that's what I've done at Countryside. Uh, Volkswagen in Maplewood. It's a family-owned dealership, the Schmelz family. Uh, they don't own 15 other stores. This is it. And they put their heart and soul into it. It's not only Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen. It's also Alfa, Romeo, and Fiat. And right now they're clearing out the 2019 Fiats with discounts up to $5,000 off on the 124 Spiders. You want to get through the snow? Fiat 500X, uh, not to mention the Volkswagen uh, golf, uh, f- uh, all motion drive. The Tiguans are on the ground, ready to go. Those are 2020 Tiguans. Uh, returning Alpha lessees get extra loyal uh, loyalty money this month. Uh, I love these cars. I've uh, this is where I shop now exclusively is Schmelz Countryside in the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. And uh, I uh, I don't know which I like best. I've often asked, what car do you like best? I, uh, kids, I say. Uh, ask me that, and I say, the one I'm driving right. is my favorite one of that day. And it could be an Alfa Romeo, it could be a Volkswagen, it could be a Fiat. They're all wonderful cars. And if you're in that uh, if you're in that uh, class of vehicle where you're looking at the Jag F-Pace or the Audi Q5 or the Benz GLC, the BMW X3, you really, really owe it to yourself and your pocketbook to look at the window stickers on these Alfa Romeo Stelvios, which is what I'm driving. Uh, absolutely fantastic. The technology will measure up to anything you're looking at, but the price won't. You will be really, really surprised. That's Schmelz, uh, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. Recently, you were inundated with countless home and auto insurance ads around Super Bowl time. Did you really listen to these ads? What were they trying to tell you? They are on your side. Let's hope. 
They've seen a few things. That's obvious. I truly don't know about you're in good hands or double check. What are we checking? They are only one company with one agent. No options. All of them. No options. Call the Canopy Group. Our message is clear. You get 16 companies and 20 professional agents. As home and auto insurance needs change, the Canopy Group will help you find another insurance company to meet your individual needs. No fancy ads, just the simple promise of providing you the best insurance company at the best price, year in, year out. New clients enjoy an average savings of over $600. Call the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Here's the ultimate result of the rulings from the salon. A New York City man who's now been arrested 139 times thanked Democrats for guaranteeing his immediate release despite repeatedly swiping hundreds of dollars from unsuspecting subway commuters since the state's new bail reform law went into effect January 1st. Wow. Charles Berry, 56, been arrested six times since the start of the year. He's been released each time without having to post bail under New York's new bail reform law since his alleged offenses were nonviolent, the New York Daily News reported. In the past, Berry's several uh, served several stints in state prison and has a lengthy record including six felonies, 87 misdemeanors, and 21 missed court hearings. The newspaper reported, wow. citing court records. Bail reform, it's lit, Barry yelled to reporters. <laughs> nice. Thursday outside NYPD Transit District 1 headquarters in the Columbus Circle Station before officers transported him to Manhattan Central Booking. It's the Democrats. The Democrats know me and the Republicans fear me. You can't touch me. I can't be stopped. Wow. This is the salon. After his most recent arrest Thursday, Barry was held in custody for about 36 hours until his Saturday morning arraignment hearing in his Manhattan criminal court. He was then released before trial without paying bail. He had two warrants out for his arrest for missing court dates related to past alleged subway theft, including one instance in January when he allegedly snatched a $50 bill out of a woman's hand Mm. while she was trying to buy a Metro card at a Bryant Park station machine. Officers arrested him Thursday after he was spotted jumping a subway turnstile in Penn Station. Barry, a career criminal, has repeatedly duped subway goers by dressing as MTA officials and robbing people after offering to help them buy their tickets. I'm famous. I take $200-$300 of your money. You can't stop me, Barry shouted to reporters. It's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. They punk people out for BS crimes. A high-ranking official in New York City Police Department said because of the new bail reform law, offenders like Barry are released and then repeat the same crimes because judges cannot order them to be held in jail before trial. Sometimes what begins as a nonviolent crime often turns violent if a robbery goes awry, he added. At least before he'd be remanded and be behind bars for a couple of days, he wouldn't be able to victimize people. Assistant Chief Gerald Dykeman, the number two police officer in the NYPD's Transit Bureau, told the New York Daily News. When someone doesn't pay them or give them money, it'll turn into a robbery, a slashing, or an assault. 
But Legal Aid Society, which represents Barry, argued the NYPD is using a few cases to spread fear over the new bail reform law. Mr. Barry's case underscores the need for economic stability and meaningful social services, not a need to roll back bail reform, the society said in a statement. Locking up Mr. Barry on unaffordable bail or worse, remanding without bail, ultimately does nothing to protect the public and fails entirely to address his actual needs. So we've gotten to the point, we're in the salon, it's the needs of the criminal who, uh, that are trumping anything the criminal does. Imagine uh, the, the same attitude is at work in the Twin Cities. Absolutely. Yeah, these kids are going to come on the, on the uh, uh, light rail trains and wreak havoc, but we'll, our response to that is we're going to uh, reduce fines. Yep. Uh, in the event they've been found without a ticket, or or uh, ultimately just we don't expect them to pay. We're not going to charge them. And then I, I would imagine even if you are nabbed, uh, you will not be arrested. You will be have to pay a reduced f- fine of $25, which will not get paid, and you'll be back robbing people the next night on the light rail. The, okay. salon, the, salon, is, the salon has gotten to the point where the needs of the criminal trump... The protection of the public. That last legal aid society sentence, basically, it says that, what you just said. I'll do it again. Mr. Barry's case, this is the legal aid society, uh, which would be a progressive society. Mr. Barry's case underscores the need for economic stability, meaning it's unfair that he's had to turn to a life of criminality, and meaningful social services, as though we don't have enough in this country. Not a need to roll back bail reform, the society said in a statement, locking up Mr. Barry on unaffordable bail, or worse, remanding without bail, ultimately does nothing to protect the public and fails entirely to address his actual needs. No, it does protect the public. And it puts that on equal footing. Right. It's not equal footing. The guy's a bad guy. Right. He's the guy who should be in the lesser thought of. To the point where he's flaunting it. Yeah. Thanks, Democrats. You got I'm lit. (laughs) <laughs> would he not face additional charges for posing as an MTA agent? Well, of course, apparently not. I was actually wondering that too, Chris. Good question. Thank you. <laughs> that was a good question. But reporting isn't what he used to be. Isn't that amazing? This is what's coming out of the salon. That's truly breathtaking. You have it right here locally where both mayors uh, have their uh, dander up because they're accusing Republicans of pointing out criminal behavior in the Twin Cities, yes, as though it's a partisan issue. Yeah. It's not a partisan issue. No, getting mugged is getting mugged. Right, and some of the people are suggesting that it will. It's outstate Republicans, meaning, well, you out there on the on the prairie, leave us alone. Yeah, we're we're closest to the country's tallest buildings, and we know way more than you do. Of course, you just stick to your yeah. silo out there, Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> Herbert. We'll take care of the country's tallest buildings. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has 87 misdemeanors, 21 missed court appearances, and he uh, continues to be free. And uh, his his total now he's been arrested 139 times. Wow! And he's going to continue. He's going to continue this behavior because he has people acting on his behalf who have thrown the towel in and said, "You are less than. What we don't that? expect anything of you." I love this line. Bail reform. It's lit. It's lit. Yeah. It's lit. <laughs> what?
Isn't that astounding? This is where we are in society. We're legalizing crime. We, we, we're not only legalizing crime, we're shifting the weight of it to favor the criminal because obviously the criminal has suffered systemic racism and oppression and uh, evil corporations uh, have not given him 200 grand a year to work for them. And therefore, uh, we, we, we side with him. Uh, it's not it, his it's, fault. That's no. the part that really... His it's needs, not his fault. His needs his are needs, as important as the people he's sticking up. His needs it's, trump some 70-year-old... Trump some 70-year-old woman he beats up yeah, for, a, for a subway car. That's his, his needs take preference over that. Infuriating. That's is, the salon. It's interesting. This is uh, what that video we were watching last week, Chris, uh, with Corolla being yes. interviewed by... Uh, who is that? Uh, uh, <clears throat> Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Tucker Carlson uh, interviewing Corolla, and Corolla was talking about this very fact. Well, he was talking about homelessness in California, but, and, and he had the right answer. Right, and it was the right answer, but it was the same thing we're seeing here with crime. There's nothing to be gained financially uh, from from going after these people. Mm-hmm. But if, in turn, one of us who had a job or money or a checkbook did this, of course, they'd come down hard yeah, on Yeah, he us. was citing the fact that you're on one side of the street, you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip with arresting a homeless person, but across the street, you're right. tagging soccer moms going 38 and a 30. Right, right. because yeah. they have a checkbook. Because they have a checkbook. Yeah. And the homeless guy, unfortunately, doesn't have a checkbook, so we're just going to ignore him. America. We're going to get mom, Noah, for signals out. Although not in the Twin oh. Cities. No, 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 Not no, in the no. Twin Cities. No, we'll you can get a $200 voucher, voucher right. to go get your broken lights fixed because it's not <laughs> your fault. <laughs> I feel like punching out a stop uh, a taillight. And... Wait to get stopped and see if I get the 200 bucks. I guarantee uh, you ain't getting a voucher. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. You want us to do it to your car? No. Which car? No. No. <laughs> Be an interesting experiment, though, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. It's just, a, it's just amazing. You know. It's just amazing. Uh, it's, it's happening, uh, and it's always closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. To the point where we now have the Legal Aid Society in New York virtually admitting, though not, not virtually, they are admitting that we consider the travails of this criminal more important than whoever he victimizes. That's where, we're, that's where the salon is taking you. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Where the emperor has no clothes. Why don't we get uh, the Reverend Tim Christopher to weigh on, and we'll be back joined by the Reverend Tim in just a moment. He has some thoughts about Ilhan Omar. Excellent. Well, I've got some thoughts about dining, fine dining, special event dining. That's Jack's Cafe, located in northeast Minneapolis, 1928 University Avenue Northeast, right where it crosses 20th. You will get a fine dining experience, and you will have ambiance beyond belief. The back patio is always decorated for whatever season it is. And once you're sitting inside having a nice cocktail, nice and toasty warm, you're going to be presented with some wonderful, wonderful top drawer food. Billy is in his third, he's the third generation Kozlak that's running Jack's Cafe, and you are not going to be disappointed if you're planning a special event. Maybe it's a work party, maybe it's a Christmas party, never too early to make those reservations and reserve the rooms, weddings and grooms dinners, or special event dining. How about the Mardi Gras brunch on Sunday, February 23rd? Call for reservations, 612-789-7297, 612-789-7297. They're all over social media, and they're online at jaxcafe.com, jaxcafe.com. Don't forget to tell them the Rook Sension. You heard it on the Garage Logic podcast, jaxcafe.com.
Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. We're joined by the Reverend Tim Christopher, 5th Congressional District. Are you there, Rev? Yes, sir. How you doing? Would you explain to me, please, uh, your, uh, you got invited to speak to some young Somali people? Um, some kids. Yep. Um, they were, they were, some of them were uh, Somali and, uh, you know, some of them uh, just black kids over in uh, the Riverside area there. Mm-hmm. Um, was able to go in and um, go over, you know, just the violence, how to keep yourself out of trouble, um, the violence that's happening, why it's happening, um, who to go to, who to talk to about it. Um, and, uh, without, you know, somebody finding out and you getting in trouble and being called a snitch. Um, yeah. And you said something in effect that you were doing Ilhan's job. Well, you know, um, there haven't been anything done, um, uh, with those kids over there. And those kids are like today, you know, they told me they, they're just lost. They're mm-hmm. just here. Mm-hmm. Um, they look for things to do. There's nothing for them to do. There's no place for them to go. They're basically afraid to walk out of their community um, because of the, the the fear that they have that somebody's going to do something to them, whether it's, you know, someone who don't, doesn't look like them or if it's, you know, just uh, a, a drug dealer or a gang member wants want them to join their gang to be a part of, of what's going on. So, they, they're just left to themselves. Um, there's no resources uh, for them over there. There's you know, no place for them to go to learn anything. You know, they get out of school, they're just there. So basically, and they, they're just getting themselves in trouble, you know. And you don't have anyone from whether it's the Democratic Party or the Republican Party over there doing anything. And you definitely don't have their, the, the person who's supposed to be working for them or working for that district doing anything at all but you know bouncing around with bernie sanders do you, you realize know, uh, rev do you realize ilhan omar was in town yesterday she held a meeting on her pathway to peace legislation she had a meeting at the university of minnesota it's uh, seven pieces of legislation designed to bring about some sort of global peace there was no mention of the fifth congressional district no, uh, there isn't going to be any mentions. And yes, I, I do. I did. I knew she was in town, mm-hmm. and I put a feeler out to her and asked if I could meet with her. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, like I said, the Democratic Party stays away from me because they got too many questions. I got too many questions put in to answer. Right. Why aren't they doing the things they're supposed to be doing? You know, I just I just sat in a meeting with a Democratic meeting up in Coon Rapids on Saturday mm-hmm. and listen to this Congress lady lie and say that, you know, how crime is down. And I called her out on it in front of her, her members and everybody who was there. And uh, I don't think she, she liked that too much. But the bottom line comes down to it. You, you got one side telling you that crime is down and then the Republicans telling you that they're going to do everything they can do to get you to your sporting events. Mm-hmm. They'll protect you that way. And no one is doing anything to the actual crime. What? That, that, that's what blows my mind. What would you advocate that be done? Well, number one, so they came out with this here bill. Um, you know, they're talking about, well, let's go after, they said, let's go after the gang member. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we go after the, the person who's giving the gun to the gang member? Let's stop it there first. Okay. Let's see if we can stop that, number one. 
Number two, you look at you look at all of, you know everybody's running around here talking about opiates. So opiates is a big thing. Let's call it what it is. You know, it's heroin. Mm-hmm. Period. I mean, we've used so many Norcans down there on people. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. It's heroin overdosing. You everybody want to gloss over it and make sure. Well, let's go after the people who's bringing that in. Okay. Let's try that. Let's let's see how that works. We never do that. We always try to go after, you know, the, 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 the like I said, the gang member who's selling. Okay, if you stop the people who are bringing it in or if you stop the people who's buying it, maybe they will cut that, that situation down in half. Why, why don't we do that? Number two, we will make sure that we have enough police officers to do their job. That's another problem. When when all of those phone calls, over a hundred thousand phone calls, went unanswered. Why? Because there's not a police, not not enough police to do that. And then you want to turn around and take my firearm from me when the police can't even do their job because you don't give them the equipment, you don't give them the manpower to do it. And you know, uh, uh, the people who live out in the suburbs, you got all these white cookie moms out here. It's making sure that. They're, they're, they're doing what Bloomberg is asking them to do. Mm-hmm. So at some point in time, these people who call themselves senators and, and uh, representatives, they just got to do their job. I mean, everything is not just on paper. Like, like I said, I was up here in Coon Rapids, and uh, she, she want to you know, throw out data that's on paper. I don't need data that's on paper. I see it all the time. Do you think do you think the political class, particularly uh, liberal Democrats, are getting softer on crime? Yeah, because they don't want to be called out. Right. They're afraid. They're afraid to be that. That's what the problem is. They're afraid to be called out because of this. You know, the mass incarceration. I get that, and I understand that. But you make me understand how a man who has been a felon eight nine. 10 times can still be walking the streets, kidnap a, a lovely mother who's only out doing her job, executes her in back of a U-Haul, and then dumps her mm-hmm. in an alley. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't make you mad, upset, pissed off, then nothing will. These people, these Democrats right now that's running around here with this here, uh, the violent crime is down. We got too much policing. Uh, they, 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 they need to come out from behind those desks and get out for the paper. You're never going to see Ilhan Omar on those walking those streets, are you? She'll, she'll go down there for a few minutes, to, you know, so everybody can come in and pat her on the back. Yeah. You know, and the thing about it is, is what uh, these, these, these Republicans who are out here running for her seat, right. they need to do their job. Right. You know, you, you need to stop fear mongering. You know, they come to me and they ask me for my advice and I give them my advice and then they leave and they just go do ex- exactly what I told them not to do. I'm you shocked. Know, I'm I, shocked that you give them your advice. You uh, you are so uh, so reticent and so soft spoken. I can't <laughs> I can't believe you give right. anybody your advice. <laughs> what should, what should what is your advice? What should they do? What should these Republicans be doing? Uh, because uh, you said uh, keep uh, keep these guys safe as they come in from the suburbs to the uh, ball games, and I absolutely see that and agree with you. What more should they be doing? Well, number one, well, the, the Republicans who are running for her first, running for her seat, the, they 
They need to start talking about what she's not doing. They need to start talking about what they're going to do if they come into this community. They need to get into the community to understand what the community needs. Right. Number one, I don't understand why they're not doing this. They're fear-mongering. Look, nobody down in CD5 cares about who gets bombed and why they was bombed and how it was bombed. I'm worried about if I'm going to go from Cub Foods to my church without getting shot at. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm worried about. It, it has nothing to do, but they're all fear-mongering. We, we, look, we don't play that. That doesn't, you know, this Muslim Brotherhood thing doesn't scare me. Mm-hmm. doesn't scare no one, no, no black people down in there. So they can talk that stuff all they want. But what I need to know is what are you going to do? Are you going to fix the buildings? Are you going to give these kids something to do? We don't need a amphitheater of what Bear Fry wants to build down there for black people. We don't go to no damn opera. Please. Right. <laughs> oh, no. right. so, so at the end of the day, the people who are running, and I know they're going to hear this because they've all talked to me. I've, I've talked to everybody you've talked to. What's your name? I've talked to her, too. Anyway. They need to start talking about what they're going to do for the community. And they need to start telling us and talking about what she's not doing. And she's done nothing for CD5. Reverend, uh, what can the five of us who sit here uh, and do GL on a daily basis, along with all the GLers, and that includes you, we consider you a GLer, what can GLers do to to work this out, to help us out, to get get things done? Well, first, the, the, the word just needs to go out that um, there are people down there who want want to help, but they don't know what to do. I had I, I brought in three uh, senators, Republican senators, into the 5th District, into a Democratic-held district, to have a sit-down with me and residents from CD5, and they told them point blank, we need jobs, we need the buildings, something done to the buildings around here because it's pathetic. We need, we need you to find out how you can stop the flow of drugs and the flow of guns. And that word needs to keep getting out so people can understand it. it, it it's shocking to me that people don't, don't realize that stuff still goes on, even though you have your, your, your Democratic and your Republicans, uh, senators and, and, and representatives telling you one thing. This stuff is still going on. It really, really is. It, it, ne- it never stops. In Omar, you have a congresswoman who's made it terribly clear that she has no interest in Minnesota, much less her own congressional district, because she views herself as having a, a role in world affairs. And she's merely holding a title that allows her to serve in Congress. But she has it's almost as though she has no uh, desire or ability to address the concerns of the district she's supposed to represent. But you would think she would. You think so. She, 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 she somewhat grew up in this district. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, a lot of the problems, a lot of the problems that's going on right now is her district, is her people. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, and, and that's what's happening. And then you got you got a governor who sits there and says, "Well, oh, I know there's problems, and I know I can't do anything with those problems. Well, I, I don't really want to, but I'm going to bring some more in. Take care of home first, then let's worry about." The world and what the world is doing. I Look, couldn't agree that, more. That, Amen. That's what, that, 
that's what that's what the people in the White House is supposed to be doing. Yeah. That that's their job. It's his job to make sure that he keeps us safe. Omar Ohan and all of them other ones that needs to come back here, uh, uh, Amy Klobuchar, Tina Smith, all of them that needs to come back here and take care of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Because there's people in Minnesota that's hurting. There's homeless people that's out on the streets right now, mm-hmm. freezing cold, that needs that needs shoes, that needs socks, that needs underwear. But you're up at, uh, running around here talking about running for, for, for president. Amy Klobuchar will never be president because the black people here in Minnesota will not vote for her. Right. So Re- they, Reverend, one of the fight. things that we've always lauded you for is not only do you talk the talk, but you walk the walk. And you had mentioned that maybe instead of going after the actual drug dealer in the street, go after the people that offer them gu- or, you know, that are selling them guns and whatnot. What percentage of these quote unquote troubled kids that were that are committing these crimes do you think actually have good intentions? A, a lot of them do. That's what I think too. They just don't. Like I said, what if, when 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 you wake up, you sixteen, seventeen year old, your mom and dad are out work, having to go, you know, out to. Uh, you know, uh, Shakopee and in, in, in St. Paul to work and you get home and you don't have a job and you don't have a way to get to, to work or you're afraid to walk to the bus stop and wait at the bus stop because there could be some shooting. So you can't get to a job. And someone walks up to you and said, dude, I got a way for you to make $150 like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more than likely going to jump on it because I want those new Jordans coming out. I don't want to go to school looking like, you know, with my, my clothes hanging off. I mean, we, 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 we've got to give, we, we've got, what we have to do is we need to bring vocation classes back to this school, back mm-hmm. to North Minneapolis. If not, then you know what? Let's set up something. I, I, that's what I proposed to the uh, Republicans that came in and sat down with me. Let's give these kids, when, it, once, when these kids walk out of high school, they need to be a plumber. They need to be an electrician. Yep. They need to be a framer. They need to be a, a welder. They need to something that they can do with their minds and their brains. And they're good paying jobs too, Reverend. Job. They're really good paying jobs too. That, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And and that's what we need to do. If we was to do that, you will see the crime drop like you wouldn't believe because you give them reasons and a hope. The only hope they have now is when they see some drug dealer come out of jail and all of a sudden he comes back to the community and, and he starts up again and he's the biggest thing there. He's rolling around in, in a nice car. He has nice clothes. He has nice shoes. I mean, these kids should have the same, like I said before, the same opportunities these, those kids got out in the suburbs, these kids should have the same, right. but they don't. Yep. Yep. Will you please let us know if you hear from Ilhan Omar? Will you please let us know? Oh, I'll, I'll definitely call you, but, right. you know, don't don't sit there and hold your breath. I won't. <laughs> I won't. Reverend, thank you. Uh, we'll stay in touch. Thank you, sir. You have a good day. All right. Stay thank safe, you, Reverend man. Tim Christopher. Stay safe. Uh, name his church, please. Uh, Berean Missionary Baptist That's Church. That's right, Joe. Though, uh, he's absolutely right. St. Paul College, Hennepin Tech, Dunwoody, all of these tech schools, we should be working on them to get something going for these kids because the kids will see the light at the end of the tunnel. You, you tell them how much they're going to be making within the span of a year, uh, they're going to go for it, and they're going to be, be able to – Pay for a brand new car with, you know, g- good money. Right. Or working on a car. Money that, out, yeah. Money that they've earned legally. Jim writing for Seattle says, uh, enjoying today's podcast, but you got to help me out. 
I live approximately 1,670 miles west of Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. <laughs> it's torture hearing about Grunhofer's with them so far out of reach. Then it hit me. Summer sausage. Along with the usual GL gear offered at GarageLogic.com, how about offering some Grunhofer summer sausage? Oh, Lord. Refrigeration not required. Travels well. How about it? I'm sure that I'm not the only Gumption County expatriate yearning for a taste of home currently stationed in the heart of the mystery, Seattle. I don't know if we can get into the food shipping business. Uh, no, but now yeah, I want yeah. summer sausage. <laughs> yeah, right. Anna from Adamide? Yep. Tell the boys, if they buy, I will fly. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Because she's in Matamita. That's a hop, skip, and a jump to the north side of Hugo on Highway 61, where you will find the Garage Logic Palace of Meat. Yeah. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, 14 kinds of summer sausage, uh, oven-ready, pre-made meatloaf, new beer cheese brats, uh, burgers, ham, bacon, smoked salmon, jerky that never makes it out of the parking lot, steaks, chops, chicken, you name it. Not to mention 130 different flavors of lean pork brats. Got a great grilling weekend coming up. Uh, supposed to hit 40 both yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Rah. What great, great grilling weather for GLers. And uh, they'll take care of you at uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. They'll have all your grilling needs, uh, all the extras, all the ingredients, all the seasonings, all the cheese. Anything you need is available at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. What did you call it, a meat kingdom? It's the meat palace. Oh, palace. It's a meat, meat palace. palace. A I meat bazaar. You. It's the meat capital of the of Gumption County. We'll be back shortly. The earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. GLers, the 40th anniversary of the uh, wonderful Olympic hockey team gold medal in Lake Placid is coming up this weekend. And we're going to have Rob McClanahan on tomorrow. Nice. Do a little reminiscing. That is going to be cool. He scored the what turned out to be, remember, the winning goal against Finland. That's the game that gets short shrift because everybody is still marveling about the 4-3 win over the dreadful commies in the semifinal game when there was cheering in the press box, by the way. <laughs> but uh, Rob McClanahan tomorrow. Yes, John. You had something that you wanted to break? Oh, yes, you scared me. Uh, Ryan Newman on Twitter. Yep. A picture of him walking out of the hospital God. with his oh. kids. you got to be kidding Treated me. Treated and released from Halifax Medical Center. Holy so. mackerel. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't his time, was it? No. That's no. not even 48 That's hours. Amazing. So he didn't break anything? Apparently not. He's barefoot, but I don't think that's walking out of there barefoot. They probably cut his racing shoes off and threw them away. (laughs) That is amazing. Think about that. Remember that car dragging on the uh, track, sparking everywhere. When he was upside down and was speared by the, I thought that's what was going to end up taking his life. They're so they are carefully caged, though. They are. They're 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 roll barred in on uh, front, back, top, and bottom, aren't they? Can he side side? And their heads are s- strapped in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They wear a Hans device, so their head can't go bobbing around everywhere. I couldn't drive one. I'd be claustrophobic. Okay, but how do they get out of there so quick, Kenny? And then when there's a crash, or there, it's there's quick. a fear of fire. Yeah, there's quick release. You know, the wheel pops off, and they can quick release their belts. And if they have to, they can pop out uh, with. Their, there's a roof hatch too. If they, really, if they need to. Yeah. Can I before you move on? Can I ask a question about the 80 team you may was the finland win was that also considered an upset by the uh, usa no, no no okay no i didn't i didn't no. know obviously i know well, the so once they beat the brewskis i mean that was yeah they were a hot goaltender 
Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes, remember the story years ago about the old guy who pushed the people out of the way at a monster truck rally? And he ended up being killed. Yes. And I thought it was a pretty good way to go out of this world. Yes. Well, here's from the Washington Post. Uh, the kids knew him as Mr. Bob. He was there to greet them when they went to school in the morning and when they left in the afternoon, standing in the middle of Leavenworth Road with a stop sign in his hand uh, and a supply of Russell Stover peppermints in his pocket. For Valentine's Day last week, the kids bought brought the 88-year-old crossing guard, mugs full of candy, and made him a card uh, and for Christmas one year, he gave some of them presents. Uh, it's a Catholic school in Kansas City, Kansas. His name is, uh, is it Bob Nill, did I say? Yeah. Uh, crossing guard Bob Nill, who's 88. It was about five minutes before 8 p.m., five minutes before the first bell rang, and Nill's job ushering kids through the crosswalk would be over for the morning. Two young boys in third and fifth grade had just stepped off the curb, but then Nill motioned for them to step back, said school principal Kathy Fithian, he saw a black sedan speeding toward them. He could sense that it wasn't stopping or slowing. Mm. Despite Nils' big red sign and the school zone's flashing yellow lights, Nils held his position in the middle of the road, which is where the car struck and killed him. Oh, my God. Jesus. He went out the... Well, he, that's a what hell of a way to go out. 88, he saved a couple, couple of kids. kids. He saved two kids. The two kids ran into the principal's office screaming for Mr. Bob. The principal the consoled them and then went outside to find an awful scene as the first responders swarmed the intersection, she told the Washington Post last night. More than 20 feet from the crosswalk, she found, crosswalk, she found Nils' stop sign. Uh, the community is mourning the beloved crossing guard while crediting wow. him with saving the lives of the two boys who had stepped out onto the road just as the vehicle approached. Uh, God bless you. That's a way to go. That's as good as yeah. being at the tr- mm-hmm. monster truck rally and the tire comes loose. It's heading for the front. kids, and the old man dove in front and took the uh, took the collision of the tire. Wow. I ah. think I think I, I see. I had the same reaction reading that story this morning at home that you had. Yeah. But Kenny appears to have a different. I don't reaction. know why Kenny finds yeah. that. What's well, uh, depressing? Well, he feels hell. bad about Graham. Thanks for Bob, bringing Bob. me down. No, My God. it's it's it, every it, day. It's it's a, was, it was, every day it, it's a struggle for me to he, maintain it. Just a little bit of Kenny, grasp Kenny, on sanity. Eighty-eight years Kenny, old had a great life. So what? He could have lived life. another ten years. He's You're saved, sitting here he celebrating his death. I'm not celebrating his death. Yeah, I guess I am because he went out a hero. I think it's great. I'll take that. Give me eighty-eight. Diving in front a of a car, yeah. I'm taking yep. it. I'll yep. take it. Give me, a, give me a document. You know, at 52, not yet. By 88, yeah, I'm ready. Well, it's depressing if it was a 15-year-old crossing guard who saved the two kids. Better idea. That's depressing. How about 88? We're doing the podcast live on location, yep. you know, and you dive in front of something for to save all right. of us. What do you got? Well, I'm not going to dive in to save you. <laughs> Come on, what are you? How much time? There was, you know, since you brought this up, and I don't mean to divert the conversation, but on a different podcast I'm on this week, we talked about deaths. Yeah. Do you guys know who David Olney was really good songwriter, yeah. singer songwriter, uh, familiar? He, he died last week on stage. All he did, he was playing. He put his head, he said, "I'm sorry." Put his head on his chest and died. How old? Wow. Uh, he was 72. I think. Country Dick Montana. Same. Yeah. Beat he, farmers. Yeah, yeah, but he was only 40 though. Country Dick. Right. So. Right, but he looked like he was eighty-eight. Yeah, but uh, but as an entertainer, wouldn't that be the way to go? Yeah, You're on stage, absolutely. Boom. That's my hope for Keith Richards. That when he does one of those kneel downs to catch his breath, yeah. he doesn't He's, get up. 
at U.S. Bank Stadium this Bank summer. Stadium. No, right. Here we go. No. If I die no. working with you bastards yeah. on the air, I'm going to haunt every one of you for the rest of your lives. Hail I'll the flashlight kid. Hail you. Joe, unless I missed it, I didn't hear any mention of the garage beer. Anytime I'm working on something out in the garage, which is frequent, I like to have that garage beer in the summertime. doesn't have to be a great beer. Hams is my personal choice. But something to nurse while working on the task at hand. Good luck, Jeff Pedro. Oh, that's a given. I, 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 think I was just going to say, isn't that one? That was That's implicit. Yeah. Boom. No. That, that, that didn't need to be uh, specified uh, as a special one. Uh, here's a guy. Gents, I have a best beer story I believe you will all appreciate. It's November 1988. I'm 20 years old and hitchhiking 700 miles through some open areas of Australia. I was hitchhiking from Sydney to Adelaide to attend the Australian Grand Prix. It's the third day of three days I had given myself to travel that distance. It's late morning, and I'm on a sparsely used highway just north of an area called the Big Desert. I'm in a spot literally in the middle of nowhere when I see an older-style pickup coming in my direction. It starts to slow down. Finally, a ride. I've been walking about five to six hours at this point of the day and wanted to get out of the sun. The truck was driven by a guy delivering around eight sheep, all packed in a cage that surrounded the bed of the pickup. Mm. He offered to give me a ride, and as I climbed into the truck, I couldn't help notice that there was a six-pack of Foster's beer on the seat next to him with one can missing. Mm. Seeing the condensation dripping from every can, they looked so beautiful sitting there. That's when he offered me one. I quickly replied and was more than happy to take him up on his offer. Between sips and our conversation, it took only about 10 miles or so, and that thing was gone. And then I woke up in the hospital. <laughs> in that 700-mile hike, I briefly hung with a pack of wild emos, went hunting with a farmer and some of his workers, spoke at a church, and worked for that farmer for a day, dipping and wrangling sheep. And with all that, I have never been able to get out of my head how wonderful that beer was. The best beer ever. Keep huh. pushing back, Rob. Now, I, maybe th- like I maybe good. thought that was going somewhere else. Yeah, right. I couldn't believe my luck. You want to try it? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to hit me that hard. Uh, Cole writes, how about the admiring the summer car beer? Well, that's the same as a garage beer, because presumably that's where you're keeping the summer car in the winter. But then in the summer, I can see where you get it outside to admire it. See, I was picturing, you know, when you go to back to the 50s and you're admiring... That's what I was picturing. Ah, How about uh, the, yeah, but you can't drink it back in the 50s. you got to know the right people. How well. about the oil is dripping uh, on the <laughs> from the car while you're drinking a beer? From Brookie's car. <laughs> Go the, to Fratelloni's and get uh, some sort of mat to absorb that. Yeah, the oil is dripping on Susha's driveway beer. Floor, I had to pick up yesterday two-cycle two cycle oil for the um, snowblower. They'll have it. Yeah, they did. They got it. Penn's oil. You got it. I'm not sure I've seen Pennzoil two cycle oil. You've yes. got a little. Uh, it's a bigger one. You've got a little s- single stage. Uh, from Andy from A and A Auto, I am testing out a different snowblower. So it must be a single stage. Yes. Anybody here know what sheep dipping is? I don't. Neither did I. I had to look it up. It's a liquid formulation of insecticide and fungicide, yeah. which shepherds and farmers use to protect their sheep from infestation against external parasites, oh. such as, and I, I know you're familiar with this, uh, Reavers, such as the itch mite. Oh, yeah. Oh. You've had the itch mite? The itch mite. Yeah, the itch mite's not good. I it don't want the sound, itch mite. That's a good one. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> and oh. God made Bloomberg. Yes. <laughs> Our debates tonight. 
Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday night. This your is mayor it. in the seat of Gumption County, I will assign myself duties to watch it. And in the interest of the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, Rob, Rob McClanahan, McClanahan tomorrow. Next podcast. Well, since you're taking care of that, I'm watching the Wild game. All right. <laughs> That doesn't start till 9.30. Oh, that's and, right. And why would you watch it? They're, they're not going anywhere. Big no? turnaround. Big turnaround. Podcast. Pod MN. You know, when I go to Pod MNN, all I have to hit is my favorites. Yeah. And Garage Logic is the first one offered to me. And I press the button, and it's bing, bang, boom. You get notified every time there's a new posting yeah. Yeah. for Garage Logic, Fret Club, Table Talk, whatever the case may be. All of your favorite Minnesota podcasts. And if you want to go to the backlogs, you can still go to garagelogic.com and re-listen to your favorite podcast in perpetuity. Check it out.